लाइव एंड रिकॉर्डिंग नमस्कार एवरीवन एंड अ वेरी गुड आफ्टरनून स्वयंभू इज अ सोशल मूवमेंट फॉर द एकेडमिकली अनफुलफिल्ड यूथ टू सीक इंटर्नशिप इन द करियर ऑफ योर चॉइस एंड व्हाट वी डू इज टू हेल्प यू अंडरस्टैंड different industries and all the challenges and prepare for it we invite swayambhus who will guide you educate you inspire you and lead the way sharing glimpses of their professional journey and what made them the master that they are today in their respective field so we have a wonderful guest today again another swayambhu with a silver sharp mind and a golden heart let's interact and welcome agnello george sir who is focused ethical dynamic and a whiz at strategies namaskar and welcome sir thank you thank you dr sankita thanks for the opportunity to share my journey with a lot of people who possibly would take some something out of it and uh, i think uh, your introduction was not right i am still a student i am still learning sir uh, you are very humble and uh, all the times i have interacted with you i have understood you are very transparent very honest and you mean everything that you say or type sir so i will start with the basic question of uh, how to go about on career in sales this is for our aspiring swayambhus and then slowly we will escalate to other verticals and levels of sales sir sure. sir yes, somewhere i think I, uh, <clears throat> yeah go on yes sir so uh, a youth who is generally in the age of 20 to 30 on the brink of selecting his career is always confused on you know is sales the best choice for me he doesn't know whether he has it in him so is there a template or a checklist which i can study on my own and understand whether sales is the right field for me and if i do select then what is that that the companies look for when they recruit people in sales let me put it the other way around i think um, the starting premises have to be very simple hmm. my philosophy on life is that uh, there is so much money going around in the world you need to figure out a way of making it pass through your hands and some of it will then stick either you can do business when the money passes through and the profit stick to you or you work in a career in different responsibilities and the scope of your responsibility increases more money passes through your hands and obviously some of it will stick so sales is one such career i would put sales and marketing in that domain never you can practically get a lot of money passing through your hands hmm. so that's a starting premise now a lot of people tend to confuse uh, selling with aggression you know a one time deal somehow i do a deal and run away from here disappear no sales as a career is about helping people buy wisely or choose wisely hmm. it's about building relationships it gives you a scope to travel around the world see places interact with people and genuinely it helps you 
a gives you a chance to help people so it's a career which is uh, you know it has not just got a commercial side it has also got a a very large human side to it because if you look mm. at any large corporation uh, the significant number of people are in two buckets in mm. sales and in manufacturing mm. okay any any organization you take that's how it is constructed so right. it's a very large pool of talent that means you're working with a lot of colleagues a lot of seniors a lot of juniors at some point of time in your life so it's also about helping this entire ecosystem move up and mature in a very big way so uh, let me start you, you asked me a question whether um, uh, what what do an aspiring guy uh, look for i mean i come from a very small town i grew up in a very small town in kerala hmm. and when i finished my graduation all you had was a lot of aptitude to learn and a lot of fire in the belly nothing more than that mm. now interestingly sales if you ask me is also a profession where qualifications really don't matter i mean i started my career with a bsc in zoology right and i do something very different now <laughs> the only thing i was keen was i wanted to interact with people and uh, somewhere there was a curiosity about trying to understand things mm. so i started my life um, with pharma uh, pharmaceutical business with uh, bioringer who were uh, leaders in uh, right. diabetes and cardiac research so i still remember my first calls my first doctor whom i gone and met dr hmm. radhakrishnan uh, in tirunelveli hmm. hmm. and and so on and see when you look at it uh, your domain expertise comes over a period in time Right. and uh, it just doesn't happen that way it doesn't happen that you enter into a job and you know everything you need to be humble enough to understand that the organization existed before you right it is giving you an opportunity to become part of it i'm talking about the inception stages right you really don't know anything about that industry i mean if right. you're talking about uh, you are 20 25 year old people trying to get into a career what do they know about any function forget about sales any other function somebody needs to teach you and you need to have a mindset for learning both mm. need to kind of go in together so if you ask me if you were to sum up this entire phase of life it's about uh, where and how you start don't really matter mm. what you do with the opportunities is all that matters ah <laughs> okay right somewhere in sales um, you know people are different and so as mental outlook of people in terms of how they would uh, love to be in what kind of sales hmm now imagine a farmer a farmer who is rearing flowers hmm okay he has got x number of plants in his field that's a rose plants so hmm. every morning each rose can generate only so many roses which means there are fixed number of returns at the end of every day so there are sales people who are content with a good days you know output i feel right. happy every day because i'm cutting the roses selling them earning a profit that's one right. kind of a mindset there are people hmm. who enjoy it hmm. then there are those people who are like fishermen hmm. you know who angle for a big fish and keep waiting and waiting and waiting and finally when you get it you feel very happy hmm. then there are those people who are hunters you know you want to really go and attack big 
big game now that's a lot of challenge because you have to keep watching you have to play games with the big game and talking mm. about big game is really the days when you are allowed to hunt in a place like mm. india or where it's allowed now in africa mm. so it's about a mindset where i want to go for the big kill doesn't mm. matter i have gone 7 days without any business but on the 8th day i'm going to come with a big kill now right. in a sales industry this is about the way it kind of plays out is let us say an fmcg salesman hmm it's something like a guy farmer who's cultivating flowers the guy in uh, high end industrial selling hmm. where you are trying to tie up with an oem deal hmm then that's like a, a hunter you're hmm. running after the big game and once you crack that account you know you're walking out with crores of rupees of orders in your hand so right. the mindset becomes uh, slightly different Mm. So you have to decide what suits your personality and try and attack. I mean, approach that kind mm. of a career. Mm. Okay. Intrinsically, are you a farmer? Are you a fisherman? Are you a hunter? And then right. your adaptation, your chances of being successful as a salesperson would possibly be better. Correct. Correct. Perfect, sir. Sir, your uh, analogy has made it very clear to all the laymen. Who are not very well versed in jargons and uh, you know big words of sales. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thank you, sir. Sir, when you joined this company, uh, this was the first time you were uh, you know checking out sales. So, what were your learnings in the first six months, which was so crucial, and you got this mindset that you know I this is my field and this is what I should do. See, uh, I was a naturally curious guy, hmm. so I wanted to understand pharma. and uh, what humbled me really i mean just think of it a kid out of college who mm. think he has arrived in life mm. but when you get out there in the marketplace you suddenly discover that your customers and your doctors and uh, pharmacists whom you are interacting with they're all far more knowledgeable than you and that was a quite a humbling experience if you ask me because uh, you really understood that you need to learn and learn and learn and that was the first learning if you ask me that was the first thing with hit me okay right. i need i have a lot lot of learning to go on so the first right. 6 months of my career if you ask me was about trying to learn the domain but right. one thing was very clear to me while they knew about their industry about products about categories about diseases and the cure methods i knew i had a chance to know best about my own product and how to pitch hmm. it hmm. so i understood that's what makes a difference and hmm. secondly what i understood early on in my career i think it's good that i started in pharma pharma hmm. uh, is a lot about relationships while there could be multiple companies who are meeting doctors with the same kind of a molecule it's your regularity your discipline in your work your communication the kind of relationship which you establish with the doctor or with the chemist or mm. within your own groups of colleagues that's right. what finally turned out to be the key leverage points mm. sir you are uh, close to like four decades of experience with the industry leaders in fmcg pharma and lifestyle products so the dynamics for each industry is different so when there are circumstances which are uh, changing you know uh, different uh, a circumstance altogether 
how do you adapt and uh, at the senior level it is important to give directions and perspective to your people so how do you uh, ensure that your people your team of every vertical is uh, encouraged to adapt to the change very quickly and efficiently See, the dynamics are indeed different uh, mm. let's take pharma like i said the customers are always more knowledgeable okay mm. we must factor that at the back of our mind and there are dramatic new innovations which keep happening so you need to be keeping in pace with that you can't be landing up at a doctor and having a conversation uh, when the doctor brings up a, a new development that has happened in the market and you don't seem to know about it it looks mm. very silly so you need to be kind of constantly updated mm. fmcg business on the other hand was all about consumers mm. about brands about the channel interplay your pro- mm. see you can attract a consumer with a product you crafted a product and put it in the market communicate it in the right platform but if it's not available within arms length of desire then you lost the business right so you need to do all these things simultaneously in fact fmcg if you ask me gives the largest scope in terms of the interplay of all the elements oh. if you look at lifestyle it is slightly different because uh, i worked in pariware who were the leaders in sanitary ware hmm now the shopper experience really mattered over there the reason is people don't buy sanitary wear every day you buy oh. a toothpaste once in 10 days but a sanitary wear you buy once in a lifetime yeah. so which means when a consumer is walking into a showroom and you are able to grab him or he has you lost him you lost him for life because that was one occasion the guy gave you a chance to enter correct So, so it was a very crucial point. So I used to keep educating my people. Listen, when the customer is walking in, this is the only chance you have got of converting that customer into a product. He may not even walk in through these doors again in his life. So it's a one-time opportunity. It also had a dimension of influencers, the architects oh. and the plumbers, and you know the people who really define. Suppose a big building is coming up, then the architect defi- oh. decides. which kind of a stuff will go well with the kind of design he has crafted right so you need to keep influencing them you also need to keep educating them i mean we used to have plumber programs i recall hmm. a plumber everywhere plumber walks into a house when he walks out he needs to clean the bathroom because one thing the housewife used to hate is a plumber you know dirtying the entire way all the way ah. from the bathroom to the main entrance so we used to train people more than the technical competence this behavioral aspect about cleaning and leaving no dirt anywhere after the work was extremely important so it is not about aggression i mean i i'll give you an analogy or a, a small experience i have had you know i lived in uh, chennai during my hindustan leaver days for about 5 um, 6 years hmm. there used to be a shop called uh, brut in montiath hmm. road in uh, madras hmm. a gentleman called sethi he had a textile showroom the first time i went there what struck me was this guy was never trying to sell you he was only helping you choose okay and whenever you there are times when you walked in and he looks at you and says sir i'm sorry i don't have anything for you today i mean imagine a shopkeeper actually telling you that i don't have anything for you today because the kind of stuff you look for i think you have bought most of it today i don't have anything but sir hold on i will show you something which is new but i don't think it will suit you but still see it 
I mean, he had a, such a great way of selling. I used to send a lot of people out there. Learn how to build a relationship and sell from a guy who sells textiles. Mm. It used to be amazing. Mm. Because that gentleman understood the something called a lifetime value of a customer. Mm. He understood customer walking in and I just want to convert him and grab some 5,000 rupees from him. No. Mm. I build a relationship. If I earn that trust, then the guy is going to give me 50,000 rupees over the next five years. That, that was very, very, very interesting. And he had trained his staff exactly that way. Mm. Sir, you are very observant. And like you mentioned uh, uh, right at the beginning that I consider myself as a student. So most of the people, when they escalate to success, you know, mm. they become very complacent. So, you know, there are people... Uh... Just a minute. Yes, sir. Uh, should I... Uh... No, no, it's okay. The call came in. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, when you're observant, uh, you understand different things. But when you're complacent, you may not even see the obvious. So how do you take care that you are uh, keeping yourself fresh and new for new ideas and new things? How do you have that mindset or keep it? Uh, I mean, uh, if you really ask me, I remember uh, Sherlock Holmes. The study in Scarlet, a study in Scarlet, I think was a book. There's nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before. Mm. Which means everything that's happening has happened in one way or the other. Okay. It is just that it's repeating in a different form and shape and a different context. Mm. You know, I, I used to be in the early days of my work. Uh, I mean, till almost recent, till you the time when things started coming on the digital format, I used to have a huge collection of articles and paper cuttings, a big archive. In fact, a lot of my friends who used to go for various interviews, if they didn't know about a particular company, they used to call me up and say, can you send me that particular company's uh, folder? And I'll <laughs> send it to them so they're completely updated what happened historically and what happened in the recent past. Right. You know, I used to read a lot. I think that is something which helped me. Uh, I remember in my early days in pharma, it's a very relaxed kind of a work. You know, hmm. most of my friends used to keep playing cards in their spare time. Hmm. I used to actually travel about an hour and a half to a place in Trichnapalli. I used to be in Tanjur. Hmm. And uh, Trichy was about an hour and a half away. There used to be a lending library. Hmm. I think in an year, year and a half, I must have finished all the books in that library. <laughs> <laughs> so hmm. that was interesting because I think it gave me a lot of learning. The second aspect was you require a lot of mentors because somewhere you need to seek and cultivate mentors. And been, God has been kind to me that uh, a lot of mentors came by me, my way and they really helped me right from my first bosses who taught me about pharmaceutical industry. So my first boss in Unilever, I remember talking, teaching me about the discipline and about the values in life and how mm. that is important. Right. And people teaching me multiple things. So every stage, I think I need to be grateful to the mentors who are kind of uh, helped me. Hmm. Uh, if you ask me what helped, was just keeping the mind open, being curious. Hmm. I kept asking questions and that kind of ensured they uh, supported. You know, what happens? I've also seen this, uh, the question which you raised, why people don't seem to move up in life and why they kind of stagnate. Right. I've seen in sales after a five or a 10 year kind of a horizon, people hmm. kind of think that, yes, I think I have understood whatever is to be learned. Hmm. 
so it is just that the company should keep promoting me hmm okay now uh, hmm. i have a slight a different analogy to explain this hmm. so a lot of people used to come and ask me boss why are you not promoting me i'm doing so hmm. well i've done so well for 10 years hmm so why are you not promoting me so i have an analogy on this which is about let us say a guy is very good in driving a riding a bicycle hmm extremely good okay in common parlance he becomes the ustad of cycling right then he comes and says why is the company not giving me a motorcycle hmm company should rightfully give me a motorcycle now when you look at it there's a new dimension in a motorcycle okay which is about auto generated power you are not hmm. pedaling and creating power there is a power which gets generated in the engine and you need to harness that power correct now, if you have not learned that skill and just being an ustad in cycling you get onto a motorcycle you're going to end up in a disaster <clears throat> okay mm. so this let's say is a first stage but can you learn motorcycling yes of course sit behind somebody understand how it goes practice a little and then you're on okay now assume that this guy has moved up in career become a motorcyclist now Now, hmm. after a few years he says now i am i'm become a hero in motorcycling hmm. it's time the company has given me a four wheeler a car hmm. okay interesting now is a car very similar to motorcycle he say yeah this got two wheels that got four wheels how does it matter hmm. Hmm. now suddenly unlike a motorcycle where you can put your feet on the ground and turn it around in car you happen to be sitting in one corner and trying to assess how the other corner moves right so now a new dimension of space has happened which means what mm. as you move up in career your actions have got an impact beyond just your immediate mm. also going to impact your stakeholders your ecosystem at large and you need to be conscious of the moves you make because it can go and hit somebody or you can hit a pole and damage yourself so there's a dimension of space which comes at that level now unless this guy is preparing himself for it learning that what should company give him a car or he should be content driving a motorcycle hmm now assume he has learned the car now he has started driving now he says okay the next grade available is a trailer truck driver hmm so he says how does it matter i am anyway driving a four wheeler just that it has got a few more wheels extra but is it that no i think there is something a new dimension called timing which is important because hmm you are turning your uh, trailer steering wheel but the trailer moves slightly differently hmm okay so there's a lag effect between what you do and what happens behind now that means as you move up in the layer you need to know that okay my end objective is this but i will have to do it this way so that my end objective gets achieved so somewhere unless a person really uh imbibes or uh kind of takes it inside internalizes this he will still keep cribbing and he will say why is mm. the company not promoting me okay mm. i am an ustad in cycling so i used mm. to keep telling people don't be an ustad in cycling learn motorcycling okay so <laughs> it's a simple analogy but i think this is exactly what happens to a lot of people 
so it is simple but extremely powerful analogy and i think everybody has understood the bottom line and the soul of what you have mentioned just now sir so uh, i request you to share some details about how did you uh, achieve the tight unilever central asia middle east innovation award sir <laughs> okay if you ask me how that is just kind of keeping the antenna or the ears close to the ground as to what is happening this was in the late 90s okay now um, what was happening at that time the market environment was kind of changing hmm. on one hand modern retail was happening in the south of this country with uh, i think food world and spencers they were the early harbingers and nilgiris was always there so that kind of gave an insight and uh, i came from madras branch to bombay branch in hindustan lever so when i landed up in bombay and i was handling bombay oh, no, city at that time the market environment was kind of changed yes what sir. stuck me what stuck me was uh, that in bombay there is a, a large set of accounts Hmm. accounts which were significantly large and there were very small accounts now the hmm. large accounts required a different kind of handling hmm. okay for you to kind of harness that potential so that put together a key accounts program which we put into place in bombay city hmm. it required hmm. a technological backup because in those days uh, we did not have distributors who were computerized hmm. so i said okay let us not look at changing them Hmm. let us create uh, a, a middleware kind of a solution where let them use whatever they are using i just map it and get an output which is my requirement hmm. and then kind of motivated the entire team now in this process two things happened i mean uh, i discovered that my people were not computer savvy in those days hmm. now how do i teach people who are sales guys to learn computers they will say when are we going to learn hmm. okay no establishment is open after the evenings So right. I said, doesn't matter. So we got a place in, a, in near Chembur Station, where we hired a warehouse, put about twelve, hmm. fifteen computers, got a trainer who will come from six in the evening to one o'clock in the night, and my team could book hmm. slots and come and keep learning. So in about six months, all my guys and they were the, they were the first hmm. team in Bombay branch of Hindustan Labour to be fully computer conversant. with all kinds of office software and everything else so this also made this entire project uh, of key account and their tracking and execution uh, well orchestrated because guys knew what kind of data they are generating it from how they could themselves generate and analyze it so it really kind of helped so hmm. this entire scheme of activities in uh, bombay city was a harbinger of uh, a key account approach in hindustan lever for the later days so my the award was fundamentally about creating that innovation with all with all kind of limitations about um, hmm. technology and anything else we found via media solutions right sir so, so uh, you very correctly mentioned that it is not just overnight that you can adapt to change it has to yes. be a process which is thoughtful and you know exactly where we are and where we want to reach sir how important is conviction uh, in sales and what do you think is the role of quality uh, especially in consumable uh, durables etc 
I mean, I'll just uh, refer to something which used to be a business philosophy in uh, Periwear. Hmm. Okay, Periwear is the leading sanitary wear brand in the country, and the reason really is about the quality philosophy of the company. Hmm. We never had seconds. Hmm. Okay, if it doesn't meet the criteria for the first quality, then the balance pieces are taken out and broken. It is not put on a different sticker and sold. It used to hurt. Economically, financially, it used to hurt because you are destroying reasonably okay product. But we said right. no. There is only acceptable quality and not acceptable quality, and that's a philosophy of an organization which is amazing. So we used to always command a premium in the market. When you go to an architect, the architect knew that Periwear had only one quality, and the rejects are broken. And we used to have a Hitachi machine in our factories just right. to break the sanitary wear, which is not making meeting the quality. There'll be one black dot in one corner. Mm. Only our quality guy will discover it, but that's not acceptable. It's broken. Now that's mm. a philosophy of our organization, driven from the top, absolutely from the top, from the promoters, and that helps cement that premium positioning in the market. Mm. Same is true even for a, a service product, mm. because at the end of the day, the consumer experience is not just. of buying a product it's also about using the product and how an organization actually responds to it it's hmm. like you become comfortable going to the same kirana store why because it gives us personalized or customized service yeah absolutely so there's a personalized attention which you get in this case the attention could be about a time bound attention which you are reassured with that kind of uh, product category Hmm. so that is when you feel happy interacting with that company it's extremely important right hmm so uh, you mention about a lot about uh, keeping the consumer happy by connecting with them so but when things are very normal hunky dory it is easy to uh, you know be there always but in case of uh, adverse circumstances say you are out of stock and it is uh, you know um, festival time so has there been any adverse situation which you have handled differently and it has it has given you some unexpected results sir hmm okay uh see these are almost day to day challenges what you spoke about our uh, uh, stock availability about production goof up somewhere or the hmm. transit delays uh, hmm. or your own distribution system kind of winding up in a place and you are not able to get a A replacement distributor very quickly, right? Or you have a service engineer team which has left in a place, and suddenly you are finding a vacuum. You need to kind of replace people over there. These are typical right. challenges of business. Okay. Hmm. Uh, but let me give an example of uh, an adverse situation and something good comes out of it because I am a firm believer that in every adversity there is an opportunity which is there. You need to keep desperately looking for it. You know, I think it was in two thousand nine. Uh, there was a scarce rainfall in the country and it was almost um, i think close to 450 districts in the country were drought stricken declared as you know under drought right so i was traveling to some and generally there was a skepticism in the company uh, that business is going to be down because it's going to be economy is going to be down lesser cash flows and all the associated pieces so i was traveling some place and uh, i was asking the rural guy uh, hmm. it is a rural market and i was working in the rural market 
So I was asking that guy how's business and how's life, etc. And there was a farmer also sitting in that shop. So I was asking hmm. him uh, what is the scene. Hmm. He seemed extremely bullish. Hmm. Now that was very surprising. So then I asked him. Uh, so he said, "No, my prices of the produce have actually gone up by about fifteen percent." Wow. Okay. That was very curious. So I said, "Okay, what is the kind of cultivation you do? How many bigger land do you have? How much hmm. do you sow? What is the kind of output?" And you know, hmm. he became curious and curious right. to understand. Right. So then I said, "Okay, let me actually go and see a few farmers." Hmm. From the market, I told my guy I want to see some big farmers around here and try and understand what is happening. I mm. also want to go to the mandi and speak to some brokers, who are mm. you know the typical brokers who are in the APMC kind of agriculture produce marketing yards. Met them. People in that market were very bullish. They were very mm. happy. So I said, "What the hell is this? The general perception is that the rural is bad, but these guys are saying good." Then when I was coming out, I could figure that uh, what is the reason for this was it was an irrigated part of the rural markets. Okay. okay. Mm. So I said, mm. okay, now let me go to a non-irrigated part, which is in Nagpur side. I traveled mm. around, got the despondency very clearly articulated by every person I met. Then mm. I went to Haryana, again irrigated part, irrigated parts of Punjab gave me the reassurance that there was a distinct difference between an irrigated rural market. And a drought-stricken rural mm. market. So what I found was the irrigated rural was actually becoming more prosperous. So I came back to office, got my team together, and said, "Let us create a strategy where we are going to attack the prosperous parts of rural and actually sink in investments." So that was about putting another two thousand people on the ground, crafting a distribution system on the ground, creating technology enablement, mm. and uh, I. Put a docket and I said I need so many crores of rupees for this action, but I will hmm. also optimize my people. I mean my manpower hmm. working. Hmm. So they said this is interesting. This is uh, a contra thinking. Right. So they wanted me to present to the board. They went and presented to the board. They grilled me, hmm. and uh, obviously, finally, they said yes. It looks interesting because I said I am not going to focus on the entire rural. I am going to focus hmm. on X number hmm. of districts in this country which are prosperous. Only X number of villages. But those mm. villages, I am going to put manpower from that village. Mm. I'm not going to put a guy working, let us say, in a mirror to go and work in a bagpat. I'm going to mm. recruit a guy from bagpat. So my resourcing model had to be a son of the soil. Correct. Wow. Okay. Mm. Now mm. this brilliantly worked for us, and I said we are going to put in brand communication on the ground. Mm. That kind of fueled, uh, or let us say, we could capitalize whatever. The additional income which was being generated in these markets, it could channelize hmm. it into up, and I think hmm. it continued the growth mom trajectory for us. It was the biggest growth bucket for the company for the next four years. So it was it was an interesting, curious discussion in the market. But only thing you kept your antenna up, so <laughs> it was an interesting observation. Hmm. And uh, that I think, in fact, uh, featured in Harvard Business Review as one of the successful case studies um, in India distribution. Wow, sir. So you were you actually analyzed the situation and checked out what is most fertile at that point of time. And yes, that, I discovered that, that uh, uh, the scenario showed me there is a prosperous rural and non-prosperous rural. Right. And uh, people were generally switching off to rural, saying that abhi drought hai, rural mein kuch karna nahi. Hmm. But I said, 
then if people are switching off, there's an opportunity for me to step in and grab everything what is coming over there. Right, right. So, so you connected with the farmers yourself, but uh, please share if people like you, you know, they connect with people, right? They get the right information. But uh, what is the importance of research and data analysis in other companies where they don't go themselves to check it out? No, each company has its own uh, way of gathering information, hmm. okay, and processing information. Hmm. So I would actually leave it to the particular context because each company's uh, industry is like very different. Right. Okay, for example, a sanitary wear industry uh, is very different from a pharmaceutical industry. Okay, uh, in pharma again, I mean, I'll, I'll give you another analogy. For example, uh, we had an Ayurvedic business in Dabar. Hmm. I had gone to a place called Gaya. Hmm. And there was a distributor I was asking him, you tell me which are the doctors who are writing this particular asav. Hmm. Okay, I would like to go to him and ask him what particular, what indication is he writing it for? Because you seem hmm. to be selling a lot of it. Now, right. he, was, he was not willing to give me information. Hmm. He was not willing to give me information because he thought information was power. Right. Okay. Because and a lot of people in certain industries at the front end in sales actually think that not sharing information is making them indispensable in an organization or non-sackable in, in, mm. in that kind mm. of a parlance. It's completely mm. wrong. Mm. Because the information when it flows up, mm. okay the companies would be able to form strategies around it because if somebody is prescribing a particular medicine for a, a different kind of an indication hmm. either it's a mistake or it's an opportunity either of it is important to understand hmm. okay so sometimes people get colored in the front end by the sales happening or not happening hmm. i think it is important to question as to why it is happening and why it is not happening either way hmm. and to understand this but I've also understood that uh, over a period of time, uh, it is not just data or uh, I mean, uh, data which is being collected. It is actually how you distill out information from the data. I'll give you a curious uh, incident. You know, when uh, we took over the Ayurvedic business and integrated into the main consumer group in Dabar, uh, it came with a huge baggage of 1400 SKUs with seasonality, with very high regional skews, some products used to sell only in five towns in the country. And I needed to remember, if you're leading the business, then you need to be able to give direction to people. You can give direction right. when you want. Right. So there was this time when uh, you were trying to look through spreadsheets and trying to understand, okay, this particular product, this is how it moves. This is hmm. where it sells, you know, trying to understand. Hmm. Days were hmm. going in there. Hmm. My typical start. Pattern was I'll go to sleep and then get up around one o'clock and one to three, one to two, you sit and go through. So this happened for a few days and my wife came and said, what the hell is happening? So I said, no, I'm trying mm. to understand. So I showed her, this is how it is. Mm. And it's very difficult to understand because there are so many items and so much, so many different dimensions which are acting Perspective. on. Right. So she said, uh, there must be another way of looking at it, isn't it? Hmm. So there is no other way, Excel is the only way, and I went to office. But this kept ringing at the back of my mind, there must be another way of looking at it. Mm. So on the second day when I came back, I said, way of looking at it means what? Mm. 
Okay, okay. Let me just put it on. Uh, look at the different meanings of looking at it, and came. And one of the things which came up was visualization. So I said, "Wow." Mm. Okay. Now it gives me a threat to look for. So we kind of narrowed down onto. I said, "Okay, let me check out data visualization. What are the kind of tools in the market?" This is early 2000s. Okay, 2000. Um, I'm sorry, late 2000, 2010 or something. Many mm. years ago. <laughs> So I discovered a, a, a particular application, downloaded it into my phone, came to office next day, got my guy to kind of port everything into that, and bingo, you had it. You could digest that information through very highly visual kind of templates, uh, which communicated the story in a in a, in a second. Right. And then I wrote right. it out across the company, and uh, mm-hmm. when the guy actually came to present, he was surprised that I was using it for two years already in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> So it's so the trigger was actually isn't there another way of looking at it? Right, right. So when you have your uh, radar very alert, I think ideas just come to you because you are receptive. Sir, yeah, yeah. you, you mentioned be, that. Yeah. Yes, you mentioned that you know uh, we should share information in all our departments concerned if there is something amiss. But uh, has there been any situation where something was amiss and you had to share it with your customers, sir? no i don't think uh, there has been any major uh, you are talking about a mishap of some kind no 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 uh, say uh, you were out of stock yeah. and uh, you know you didn't know how to coordinate or uh, communicate to the customers who were waiting for it not just uh, the direct customer say your retailers your distributors you didn't have enough stock ah, okay so <laughs> let me relate one very nice incident not long time back very long time back in my early yeah. stage of career with unilever I used to be in Kerala, mm. and uh, we had uh, this festival called Onam, which is the biggest festival in Kerala. Right. And in those days, uh, stocks were in short supply because mm. uh, it was a license raj. I'm talking about the pre-91 mm. period. Okay. So we had no toilet soaps in stock. Mm. All I had was two and a half kilo Wim powder, and I think two kilo surf. That is all what was there. Hmm. so my distributor told me sir uh, you want to go to the market today and that was 3 days before onam peak selling hmm. period hmm. you go to market people are going to beat you up i said no us hindustan lever we are disciplined we should go to the market exactly visit all the outlets in that beat so i said let's go to one one beat i'll accompany hmm. you so i said okay hmm. come so i said all vehicles hmm. must leave and i'm going in one vehicle so i went in one vehicle and i think uh, that must have been the day of my maximum abuses in my life because all 40 shops i think abused me okay because i said why the hell have you come if you don't have anything to sell why did you come so i said no as a company it's our discipline to visit you i don't have stocks i come to apologize i also come to wish you happy onam but there are two products i have can i try selling them to you and believe me we actually sold it out we came returned with an empty van now it so happened that uh, and i was feeling actually after a five or six outlets you kind of mentally you you were drained out because every guy was you know just abusing you mm. after some 15 years when i came back into south i was mm. heading sales for um, detergents business then i visited this market mm. Mm. and uh, i was working with the kerala team and i was coming up towards uh, this main town mm. then this particular uh, big shopkeeper so mm. he called me my name Hmm. So I was stunned because I said, "How hmm. the hell this guy knows my name?" Unless somebody has briefed him. 
so that how hmm. do you know my name did they hmm. tell you my name is that hmm. no sir you may have forgotten many many years ago okay i think more than 10 actually it was 15 years you hmm. came here in an onam and you articulated the philosophy and the discipline of the company despite not having stocks you came and met us and wished us after you left i realized that i actually was very uncharitable to you you were only hmm. trying to do your duty okay anybody in your place would have not worked the market on that day and hmm. disappeared okay so right. <laughs> it was interesting nice sir so you left such an impact uh, on that distributor that even after so many years he could recollect you your name yeah, right that was so you reacted think... rather you know you you responded rather than you reacted yeah. these are the nice uh, uh, things at the end of a career because he uh, hmm. i mean i i i used to meet mr sm datta who used to be the chairman of hindustan lever at least once in 10 days he used to come to bangalore when i used to work there and i was supposed to receive him and send him back so one quality about him because i used to always ask him sir can i have your bag he will say no god has given me health to carry my bag i got two good hands just walk with me now that is one something which kind of stuck me and believe me i don't allow anybody in any company to touch my bag because i keep telling them thank you i got my hands i am fit enough to carry i think these are some of the things which stay with you because the kind of impact people make in terms of the values they are trying to communicate because i think the only respect you command at the end of a career is not the positions you have held mm. but the kind of integrity in your actions and the kind of values you have demonstrated sir uh, like i mentioned earlier you uh, give a lot of importance to value system ethics right so is there any message you would like to share with all the aspiring swayambhus about uh, these aspects which are so vital i think somewhere uh, it, it's important for us to really imbibe these disciplines right in the early stage of our life okay uh, there are no shortcuts to life okay there could be smart cuts but that's about being curious and discovering new ways of doing things but mm. one must always remember when you're starting a career uh, your shortcuts will achieve what that month's number but if the fundamentals don't change then is the next month number going to come so we must be very conscious a career is something which is going to span 30 40 years of your life and one month bad performance is not going to make a difference okay and no boss is going to be uncharitable for to any person for not achieving a number no that doesn't happen hmm. Hmm. so people hmm. must be clear that there are certain disciplines one needs to follow certain hmm. ethics one needs to demonstrate in dealing and if those don't hmm. cement your fundamentals then you'll be very shaky in your uh, career right right sir so we'll also say thank you to our viewers so thank you mr yogesh kulkarni thank you uh, pradeep ji pai mr pradeep is uh, the cmd of hangyo ice creams who are also our sponsors thank you thank mr devendra shete thank you jyotna thank you kalpana and anil ji garg is also here with us thank you anil oh ji. wonderful thank you <laughs> uh, uh, may i ask a question on his behalf sir sure sure please a question from anil ji 
you talked about adversities also bring in opportunities covid 19 has been one of the biggest adversity which all of us have seen except for the industries which are in healthcare would you like to share some experience during this period okay interesting um, i would put it into two or three dimensions okay mm. the first dimension is in my role as a ceo of the company bislery uh i have an accountability to my consumers my own organization and the people who work in it and the stakeholders who are part of my business so let's start first with the internal organization because when covid started uh, i think uh, okay let's start with the consumer because our business if you consumers are not there is no business so the first thing right when the lockdown was kind of imminent we started planning in the early part of march itself that what are we going to do to ensure that supplies across the country are going to be maintained irrespective of whatever is going to happen hmm. so we kind of did a complete mapping of capacities mapping of exigencies and got ourselves kind of geared for it hmm. the second thing we said okay we also need to ensure that there are certain protocols which need to be put into place to ensure the safety of our people and also the safety of the consumers in terms of the kind of products which are supplying to them right so you know we had put in these ozone tunnels we had put in sanitization which was anyway happening uh, in some parts of the plant but we made it mandatory across the place temperature mm. checks and all the kind of you know other i think 16 or 17 checks which were there mandatory and anybody with fever was not allowed and you know i'm talking about early march period right right uh, we also ensured that the trucks which are going out and that happened mm. just after the lock before the lockdown are to be sprayed with alcohol and cleaned so that the consumer knows whatever is going to come from bislery is going to be completely sanitized because that's a reassurance a brand like bislery need to offer to consumers mm. in terms of our people uh, we actually try to ensure that there are no disruptions to them but in certain places like uh, uh, bombay where people used to come from very far away hmm. we said okay if these guys are going to come from very far away they're going to be exposed in one way or the other let's try right. and put them up in a accommodation which is closer to the factory which hmm. can be monitored so they are not in touch with the uh, population at large so we house hmm. them there for almost four months very close hmm. to the factory we were also concerned that in case uh, we are going to be an ecosystem which is part of this country then we could also have infections right so which means we, we need to protect our people so we took uh, insurance policies medical insurance policies of a significantly high value for every single employee and every single contract worker okay uh, we were also fully in touch with the police and all the other authorities because uh, right in the beginning when the lockdown started there was a lot of confusion about what is allowed what is not allowed for example uh, water is an essential commodity but the plastic which is used to make water was not an essential commodity but hmm. unless you get the plastic i can't prepare the bottles and prepare water correct so you know those things kind of took time to sort out but we were working very closely with the government obviously there were some hiccups but i think on uh, i must also admit that i can't be too uh, paranoid about that that's something which um, happens in this kind of a mega issue 
So we kind of sorted that uh, piece out with all the regulatory authorities, worked very closely with the COVID barriers as we call the police people. Okay, we, had, we used to supply free water to all the policemen who were on the roads, uh, all the COVID centers, all that stuff. So that's one piece which happened uh, in terms of managing uh, supplies. Right. We also ensured that every single factory was producing and supplying. We also understood over a period that uh, the consumer behavior was changing. Consumer is no longer stepping out. Okay. So if I look at the entire ecosystem, two things happened. One is that uh, there is a top-down enforced behavior which happened on the ground. Travel hmm. restrictions, hygiene, vulnerable groups hmm. not being permitted. Right, right. Then there is something called bottom-up embraced, which we consumers kind of took it upon ourselves. Our buying behavior hmm. changed. We were more paranoid about our health. Hmm. Our hygiene practices themselves changed. My pharma right. colleagues tell me the infectious diseases are down. Reason hmm. is more people are washing hands today. Right. <laughs> so, and your eating is uh, you are uh, less eating out today, so okay. your infections would naturally come down. So that is one di dimension which has happened. Now, if you look at distribution, okay. one of the challenges we had uh, was about getting products to the market because there was suddenly containment areas would come up. The okay. houses inside the containment area require water. You are not able to okay. reach it, so you okay. had to kind of think smartly and create these hyper-local models. Hmm. We also didn't want people to go and queue up for their water outside in the shops. So we said we'll activate uh, home deliveries through e-commerce and run a campaign actually in e-commerce. In fact, somebody asked me, why do you, why are you spending money now? I said, hmm. it's a time when I need to tell people that don't step out. This lady will come to your home. Okay, so that campaign we kind of started. So then contactless sales, because uh, in certain places, the salesman used to live, let's say, in a Badlapur and was working in a Varli. There's no hmm. way he could travel. Now, True. sitting in Badlapur, how is he going to connect with the shops which are open and then work with it or operate within the channels hmm. which are open, like medical shops are open. But hmm. medical shops never have bought water in the past. But if that right. is the only shop open in that road, then they better start talking water. So we kind of capitalized on that. We also had challenges. Your uh, out-of-home consumption got impacted because people were hmm. not stepping out. Your hotels hmm. and restaurants have gone down. Fine, that, that's part of the ecosystem. But... Uh, I think it's a new normal which you're trying to live with. Right. Now, if you ask me, is it all gloomy? No, not at all. It is just that you need to adapt as an organization for a changing environment. Even forget about our organization. I am sure the, the, the entire market is opening up for logistics companies, IT services, pharma in a big way, new right. models in FMCG and retail. I'm sure all this is going to happen. Because there's a kind of a churn which suddenly kind of, you know, questions your established conventions of business. So it's a new normal, social distancing, health and hygiene. Income uncertainty is again another part of this entire thing. People are worried. So then that means we'll become more thrifty. That will reflect you in your consumption patterns, the kind of products you buy. Correct. So from all the incidents you have mentioned, uh, one thing I've understood is you take the problems head on. You don't run away from it. You face the problem and then you arrive at a solution. And that is how you are able to make an opportunity in every problem. So we but have I, would, I would be humble enough to admit that uh, they also had experienced uh, hmm. failures hmm. Okay, when things don't work out well. Fine. Hmm. But I think it's like a boxing match. 
Hmm. You can get knocked down, but getting up is more important. Okay, you have to get back on your feet and then okay, back be back in the game. So it's okay. It's okay to fail. Doesn't matter. I keep telling people, keep experimenting. Don't worry. Okay. In fact, uh, I remember when I put one one of my colleagues on a project, um, hmm. very very radical project. So he said, hmm. boss, if this project fails, what happens? Hmm. I said, you'll get sacked. So hmm. he just looked at me with wide eyes. <laughs> I said, "Don't hmm. worry, you'll be more employable after that." Because <laughs> ah. <laughs> there would be so much learning that would have come out of it. <laughs> he didn't fail, obviously. He did well. But that's a mindset which you must approach anything. Okay. Correct. Correct. So you are a very good mentor. That's how you are able to, uh, you know, uh, communicate and transfer your energy, your positive mindset to your team. Wonderful, sir. Thank you. So I will also uh, say hello to our. um viewers thank you mr virendra kamath thank you namin namita karandikar thank you purnima thank you ms josna kalpana mr devendra shete thank you a question from one of our viewers uh, rohini chitlayer how far the demand and supply could be analyzed in view of certain plants and other issues to blend the different roles accordingly uh it's a very large question with a large canvas can you be a little more specific the request her to be a little more specific rohini can you please uh, rephrase it and send it again with specific point of view required meanwhile i'll take another question from uh, anil ji sir can you list some technology pieces that the youngsters should add to their skills that will make them more equipped for a successful career i think one of the challenges particularly in sales if you ask me uh, learning skills new skills is an extremely important piece because um, hmm. let us say from the time i started my career some close to now yeah it's going to be almost 40 years my god okay hmm. from the time to now hmm. i think the cycle is becoming shorter and shorter Mm. at that time possibly the dramatic changes would happen about once in 7 years 10 years mm. now possibly that is kind of shortened and every 2 3 years you can see something big turn happening mm. let's look at the market environment mm. i mean the market environment of a modern retail took almost about from the late 80s to almost 14 15 years before it started making an impact on the national ground mm. but an e-commerce like an amazon or And let us say those things kind of stepped in in a three to five year horizon. Hmm. And now, when you look at the kind of uh, home delivery systems, hmm. which kind of gets established, or a, a pharmaceutical products on um, uh, over internet, these are things hmm. which you wouldn't have imagined in the past. True. So the so your entire ecosystem is changing at an alarmingly uh, faster pace. Hmm. If you don't adapt. and if you keep thinking about old conventional structures and servicing these developments hmm. then it's not going to work out hmm. okay because uh, if you look at the current distribution model the current sales and resourcing piece hmm. the current skill sets people have they're going to be differently required because in the past uh, i remember when i walked into dabar a guy used to go in a road respective of the kind of outlet there's one sales guy one sales support hmm. So the hmm. first thing I said, 2006 was, they're not right. You need to have a different approach for a modern retail. You need to have a different approach for a pan BD. You need to have a different approach for a gro high grocer, 
and that's how we kind of restructured the entire sales system mm. over there mm. that's even more relevant now mm. secondly from a consumer angle i think there is a the consumption patterns are dramatically changing i mean look at a category like deodorants mm. 20 years back 30 years back the deodorant was not there in the uticolon was possibly the only deodorant mm. now look at the shelves there are you know at least Back. 10 to 12 meters of stacking which you can see of all kinds of deodorants uh look at a uh, napkins or tissue boxes right can you think of this categories in the past and look at how much square feet they occupy in a shop today mm. so the dynamics of the industry are changing on other hand right. communication look at the way people process i mean communicate and process information today hmm I mean, there was a time when I remember uh, I didn't even have a phone when I moved to my you know, coaching job in Unilever. I hmm. got my phone one year after I moved over there. Hmm. Okay, but today it's instant. I mean, I'm on Twitter. The moment somebody doesn't get a bislary jar, <laughs> he hmm. sends me a tweet at midnight. <laughs> my jar has not landed. Is now is connected. So the whole world is connected. Hmm. So the organizations need to respond to very very different ways of. Uh, managing this entire change, right. operating practices change. I mean, I spoke to you about um, the data systems and the information systems how they are changing dramatically. Hmm. So gone are the days when information at the front end was not visible to you. Now it's all completely seamlessly connected. Is the way I would put it. Right. And this transparency brings with its own challenges because some sometimes unpleasant truths from the ground kind of hit you, Correct. but you need to be feeling gearing yourself for facing hmm. that. but also that you could be under a huge amount of data overload hmm. that uh, guys can get you know sucked into this whole thing that hmm. i want more and more and more and more data and you end up doing nothing about it hmm. so i remember in dabar when we trying to put the dashboards um, hmm. interestingly that gentleman it's, it's a very curious case of finding somebody who was very smart you know hmm. i used to go to chennai for reviews in dabar hmm. and uh, whenever i asked a question about any information or data the guy would say arvinda and in one minute the information will be presented on the table mm. so at the end of the day i said who the hell is this arvinda because he seemed to be mm. some magical guy there magic. who was cooking up something <laughs> i right. want to meet him mm. so i met him he was a clerk sitting in mm. the chennai office mm. uh, very basic education not even computer education i think and mm. speaks only tamil Hmm. but i knew this guy is bloody good hmm. so i asked uh, his manager when i was on the way to airport uh, i asked hmm. the manager can i pick up the guy for head office hmm. so he said boss he won't come because he speaks only tamil and how can he settle in hmm. uh, i said you ask him i'll take care of him hmm. Hmm. and uh, so it's not me finding i think it's also him making that uh, move and the decision that yes i'm willing to risk it to come to a very different setting i mean so he became joined my mis team he became my mis manager hmm. he worked with me i think for about 7 8 years over there groom he has gone hmm. to dubai now is working in a different organization even to dabar dubai and then uh, moved on to a very different company he's possibly earning now about uh, 20 times the salary he was earning in madras okay so when we put the dashboard so he was very so intuitively smart and he learned hindi and all that stuff now 
when we put in the dashboards uh, all my managers said mereko ye dimension bhi chahiye wo bhi chahiye ye bhi chahiye that hmm. means 25 columns and uh, 100 rows is what you are hmm. going to see as a dashboard i said no it doesn't make hmm. sense to me so i said arvinda what do you think you should do so arvinda said boss what fits in the screen is the number of columns you should have they shouldn't be able to scroll to the right hmm. so he said very good that means you can have only eight dimensions which you can see at one point in time if you have to include a new dimension you need to take it out one out hmm. Hmm. okay so this is also important because you shouldn't be overwhelmed with information Mm. you should be able to condense that information into actionable pieces on the ground so when a guy opens his dashboard you should know okay my among my 10 towns these are the two which are not doing well in Correct. those two this is a distributor is not doing well this is a locality Correct. not doing well i should be able to narrow Correct. it down you know and mm. i think mr garg played a huge role in terms of helping me set up this whole piece in uh, when we work together as colleagues beautiful sir so in spite of having all uh, data floating around you it is important to have relevant data on which you can analyze and work on construction only relevant that only relevant data i would underscore okay. it perfect 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 sir i will come to uh, some basic questions which are generally uh, associated with selling uh, okay. some say that you know the sales person has to be very charming some say that he has to be very aggressive so is there any science behind it or what is the role of aggression how will you place it okay i think the aggression when people think you know there's a stereotype of sales person in people's mind hmm. okay uh, hmm. because typically what people perceive sales guy is a guy with a big mustache and i don't hmm. have one hmm. okay physically very you know huge overwhelming in presence physical mm. presence mm. Mm. and uh, typically uses abusive language mm. because that is also a demonstration of the machoness of the individual mm. bullshit i would say it's a complete piece of crap mm. the aggression has to be in the mind about making something happen okay it is actually about telling yourself again and again because mm. sales is a very lonely job it is extremely lonely job you are alone there mm. okay mm. most of the times you are alone mm. when you are alone you need to keep reassuring yourself and again and again don't worry the first shopkeeper has kicked you out doesn't matter what went wrong think about it reflect let's make a new pitch okay the mm. second guy also kicked you out don't worry which is mm. the analogy i used to put the boxer you keep getting mm. knocked down doesn't matter you to get up again the fifth shop you'll be successful now mm. that doesn't come out of physical aggression of trying to threaten somebody no it's about a mental aggression about trying to understand the issue and then refine your approach okay correct so correct. sales is not a stereotype you need and you need not be mm. sweet talking no mm. in fact a lot mm. of times people tell you that guy told me the truth and that's why i respected him okay sometimes unpalatable truth you need to communicate doesn't matter that's how life is mm. sir uh, for uh, a person to be a master in any field Uh, there is a thumb rule of 10000 hours of work you know on uh, putting on that skill so that you become an expert or a master is there some benchmark in sales also that you need to convince or convert x number of sales people and then you can think i'm done you know i'm there i think i will go back to my analogy of uh, cycle motorcycle car and the trailer truck mm. okay there is no end to learning mm. look at from a trailer truck i want to move to a ship now 
okay in a ceo's position in an organization mm. the moment i want to go and park my birth my ship in the port of call mm. i need to start moving possibly 20 kilometers earlier i need to start turning my wheel okay so which means i need to anticipate the future and almost start turning my direction earlier on mm. now if i'm trying to tell this to a guy who is on a motorcycle mm. is he going to understand the dynamics no difficult for him correct because correct I mean, he would say the ship should turn as quick as my motorcycle right okay. right <laughs> <laughs> so the perspectives will differ so correct. to me i think uh, there is no end to learning and mm. uh, i must be humble to say that you don't become a master of anything in this world mm. okay you are still a student till the end of your career till the end of your life you should be humble enough mm. to admit that there's nothing mm. called mastery of anything you mm. possibly have understood some of the small dimensions of that space a little better than a few others that's it okay after 35 years plus i mean in sales and marketing i possibly know a fraction of what is of that huge ocean so that's the way i would put it beautiful sir sir i think uh, your graduation in zoology and uh, like you correctly mentioned earlier that i started my career in a pharmaceutical company i think everything you boiled down to you know the what uh, molecule atom level sir and that's how you are able to get to the heart of it to the core of it so i think you apply that everywhere see always we believe that uh, every concept has to be uh, illustrated in a very simple manner hmm? Hmm. Uh, now for the people who are watching me uh, who try to understand big concepts let me just articulate an example sometime which happened in my unilever days very interesting Hmm. because we were from different functions and we were all undergoing a training course hmm. so the trainer came and said okay each of you in one sheet of paper those days it was acetate sheets you know you hmm. had to draw and then put it on the projector and you see it on the screen before the laptops came in hmm. you have to explain what you do to your colleagues who could be from manufacturing from finance from tax okay from whatever hmm. whatever and each guy had hmm. to explain Hmm. So I was in uh, sales, I think those days. So hmm. obviously it was more simple to say what is the flow of goods and how it happens, etc. Simpler to explain. Hmm. Now for a manufacturing guy to explain the manufacturing process, abun was very complex. Hmm. So he put all those you know flow charts and explained so much. Hmm. That's one thing nobody understood. Hmm. So then the there was a manufacturing head who was there so mm. he said um, okay let me try and explain this in simple terms so that you guys mm. get a grip of it so the whole discussion was something about uh, structurant pieces in sabun which mm. means you are trying to replace expensive oil with cheaper mm. oils in the structure of the soap that is the right. whole concept mm. Mm. so he said okay let me try and explain let me try and explain this whole concept as brick and mortar which you used to construct a diwar a wall hmm hmm so assume that uh, the brick are the non soluble part of a sabun right and the cement or the chuna you put over there is the soluble part of the sabun hmm hmm so which means the soluble part of the sabun is what gives you the lather the feel 
when you are having a mm. bath that mm. is what releases the perfume mm. the brick part of it actually gets washed away mm. now tell me if it is getting washed away uh, does it matter if it is made of oil a oil b oil c as long as the, as long as the feel of the sabun doesn't get altered in any manner because it's a brick hard piece it is non soluble it is getting washed away so i can make it up with coconut oil i can make it up with karanjia oil i can make it up with rice bran oil okay with coconut oil the cost is 100 with rice bran oil the cost is 20 consumer doesn't even feel it so what do you do you replace coconut oil with rice bran oil because it's a brick which is getting washed away but you put in some new ingredients in the mortar part of it the cement or the chuna part of it which will give you even better feel on the body hmm. everybody in that class hmm. understood structure and use in sabun with that simple enough explanation if we didn't go through the sulfonation hmm. process the addition of this and that and where oil comes and where fats come no nothing no discussion so sometimes analogies help understand hmm. big concepts in simple terms correct 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 sir you simplify everything so well i think uh, that is the secret of your uh, team doing so well along with you you are a fantastic leader you are able to share your experience because you have lived every experience and that much of conviction is available on everything you share beautiful sir sir i, I solicit uh, more questions from the viewers uh, rohini have you rephrased your question hmm okay there is a question from rohini once again the financial crisis can be reflected to review and ascertain the quality of certain products until the ultimate results uh, anything on those lines sir financial crisis uh, just read it once again the financial crisis can be reflected to review and ascertain the quality of certain products until you get the ultimate results so is there uh, something you would like to share on those lines no is the question about whether organizations tinker with the product on account of financial constraints which are imposed upon them yes. in the ecosystem yes. environment correct okay uh, my answer to that would be no mm. a very strong no mm. because um, see there are good days and bad days for everybody Hmm. So there are years in which you make money. Hmm. Possibly there are months and years you don't make money. Hmm. Making money is not the only purpose of business. Hmm. The purpose of business is to have a consumer and a customer. Okay, because they are the true lifetime value for the business. Hmm. And there's something called a brand promise. Hmm. because a consumer is buying into a brand because of certain attributes hmm. i can't water them down saying i'm making less money hmm. i'm i'm now degrading the quality of my brand that's cheating plain simple cheating no hmm. i wouldn't touch that brand if i can't afford it i would possibly launch a, a cheaper brand for the consumer if the consumer is down trading in the value chain but hmm. the, the 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 main brand which is buying today and it's at a cost of 100 and mm. today because of cost considerations uh is not willing to buy at 100 but only at a discount 
if i can hmm. afford it i will offer him at a discount without diluting the quality hmm but if 60 or 80 is the price band he is seeking to buy i will craft a new formulation a new product for him a new offering with a different brand promise i think that's hmm. important perfect perfect so these are these are absolute long term values you're not in hmm. business for a day okay right right our chairman keeps saying all the time we are in business for 50 years now hmm so those values stay in the organization hmm perfect thank you prabhu raja for joining and i read his name i just want to ask a question on a lighter note sir is sales very addictive do you in get addicted ways, to selling yeah uh, in, a, in a lot of ways yes <laughs> hmm. okay uh, hmm. the, the the nasha of uh, <laughs> hmm. thrill okay. hit hit hmm. the thrill of numbers it is true because uh, i think the thrill when it is translated to uh, getting the team together okay getting great amount of teamwork it brilliantly works brilliantly works i think one of my most enjoyable periods of my sales career was when i was in bombay city where uh, we were the largest sales area in the country in unilever and uh, we were growing the fastest and we used mm. to set a record for a highest monthly volume once in 6 months okay so every single guy the company mm. guy the distributor the distributor salesman their delivery boys everybody knew what number we were gunning for and obviously mm. when you hit that number you know you have a great party you have a great get together but there's a i would say that huge ownership of having delivered it and without mm. any of them it wouldn't have been possible if i was sitting and thinking i made it happen complete bullshit no because the distributors used to call up each other and say aapka number ho raha hai nahi raha to theek hai i will manage you for 50% of your drop mm. then you tell that gentleman to make up another 50% you know that's how we used to work hmm so the so, so progression right 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 perfect so but when you are addicted uh i think you are uh, you are also addicted uh, i suppose because the way you are involved and passionate about things whether they are directly or indirectly connected to your core job uh you know i think you are definitely uh, passionate about this too no you need Three to be addicted but at the same time you need to keep detaching yourself stepping mm. out up and then having ah. a longer term view that you need to keep doing all the correct. time okay. correct correct you have to Sir, come so down does... and you have to keep ah. going up <laughs> perfect so uh, how does one progress in a sales career and you started your journey from sales uh, sales and marketing etc and now you have reached the level of a ceo designation for anybody so from sales to uh, what was in the journey that actually made okay uh, let me tell you honestly if you ask me did i have the destination in mind no okay Hello. at best you uh, can you hear me uh, uh, yes sir yeah uh, honestly if you ask me did i have this destination yes. in mind you can no. no i did not have this destination in mind at all hmm. Hmm. because in practically thinking you see when you are in sales you tend to become very practical about life you look at shorter time horizons okay in this time horizon hmm. what am i going to learn which is new what is a new avenue mm. which i'll create for myself what is the opportunity that is there in mm. the environment that is what you keep looking at but at some stage of your career you discover that yes i think mm. 
it is an hmm. inflection point where you can move into another level. Whether I started my career thinking I'll be CEO a day? No, not at all. I'll be stupid okay. if I were to make that kind of a comment. Not at all. I mean, if you ask me hmm. at the beginning of my career, what was your ambition? Hmm. To buy a bullet motorbike. That was my so, ambition. but uh, <laughs> what supported this journey? Hmm. That's what oh. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, so... Uh, <laughs> Sir, you have been handling sales so efficiently and so proficiently. So uh, indirectly and directly, you get connected to all the departments of the organization. Is that how you organically uh, rose to being the CEO, sir? Uh, no, I did not become organically CEO of the company because I actually mm -hmm. stepped out from Dabar and became CEO of a private equity, which we are managing mm -hmm. a pharma business in Bombay, Ascent. Mm -hmm. Is a farm EC based now, uh, and then into anchor, and then now in between a COO job with the Mami, and then uh, again with Bislari. So there's my one, two, three, fourth CEO stint hmm. or the apex level kind of a stint. Hmm. Uh, I would say you, uh, the moment you start becoming part of the management committee at a senior level, hmm. Uh, hmm. you start noticing how things uh, work. Hmm. Uh, now, really speaking, if you ask me, I don't think you require domain knowledge of every aspect of the company. Hmm. Okay, I may know nothing about tax. Hmm. Doesn't matter. As long as I'm able to have a very competent person managing taxes, good enough. Hmm. I think uh, as you keep moving up, you will start realizing the job is really about managing people. Mm. Okay, or I wouldn't even call it managing people. I would say working with people. Mm. Okay, because they are the people who make it happen. Uh, you would never understand the technicalities involved in a manufacturing machinery. Uh, it'll take you years to understand that. You don't need to learn it. Mm. As long as you are conceptually, you are clear what you want to achieve. You're mm. making it clear to the gentleman who's operating it that this is the cost efficiency that you're looking for, or this is the production efficiency you're looking for in terms of productivity. And you're giving him a logic why, he will figure out a way to make it, to make it happen. Right. Okay. So I think it's about working with people and uh, showing them because, I mean, look at it. Uh, I have moved now in the last few years, three, four companies. Do mm. I know about this domain? No. Mm. Really no. Mm. I mean, were those companies successful before I went in? Obviously, they were. So the companies were successful before you went in. Companies will be mm. successful even after you come out. Okay. So uh, if you think you're going to shake up the building, I think that's a stupid notion anybody should carry. Mm. Uh, because those companies, I mean, look at Bislari. It's a 50-year heritage of an organization. It's such a rich heritage about uh, consumer centricity in the organization. Okay, so uh, what I will add value in terms of enhancing the efficiency of the organization, mm. getting more consumer connect, those are my challenges. Okay, mm. but that will have working with the people who are there because there's a huge amount of legacy of knowledge that is repository of every company, every company that you work with. Right. Sir, your every sharing has been a beautiful blend of uh, values, empathy, belief and it is very obviously that you consider work as your workship sir 
work Thank is you your worship. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It is so apparent in everything you share. And when you mentioned 40 years in the industry, anybody would have been complacent. Sir, how old are you? I think a women can definitely ask. <laughs> you guess. Um, 40 years of experience around uh, plus or minus yeah. 560. Yeah. Close there. Okay. Great, great, great. Sir, we are truly blessed to have you today. I think the aspiring swimmers have understood no matter where you are in life, your learning mode is so important and being humble can definitely help you to connect with people better. And then that is what he says, invest in people and give them value forever. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. We couldn't Thank have you so asked for... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was not just sales. I think uh, you have shared with us much more than uh, what sales is all about, sir. We are very, Thank very you. grateful for your time spent, sir. Thank you so and much. And my, uh, my, my uh, single piece of simple piece of advice to the Swayambhus who are aspiring people, don't worry about where you start. It doesn't really matter. What you do with the opportunities that you get is all that matters. Okay, just keep that in mind. Okay. Qualifications don't matter at all. I don't look at qualifications beyond a point. That's only the starting point. It's your fire in the belly, the passion for work, okay? And the dedication, what you do and the eye for detail, that's what will take you far in life. So all the very best to you guys. Do well. Hmm? Actually, you, backbenchers do better, huh? I'm telling you. Ah, <laughs> I think that made our day. That made our day. So thank you. Thank you once again. For Thank underlining you. that point, because that is what it is all about, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And wishing everybody a fabulous uh, week ahead. And enjoy the weekend. Uh, a few more hours to go. And please stay connected with us. Post your questions and comments. Send us a mail, swayambu at gmail.com. We are always at your service. And we are looking for internship options. We have already... Um, given internship opportunities to 15 candidates. And I'm so happy and proud that we have got fantastic mentors with us who are helping us in each and every level of need. Thank you so very much, guys. Thank you, sir, once again. Thank you. Bye. Good day. Jai Hind. <laughs>